previously on Nerd Cage Live. Behold! I have been chomping at the bit to talk about this. This is a moment that is 40 years of the early era, basically Superman 1 through 4 and Superman Returns. Superman 2 is, in my opinion, by far the best one and probably the more kind of on the fence about uh, both versions. So there are things that I really enjoy about the actual version. Maybe close up there with the casting director gave his headshot to the Salkines, who promptly threw it in the trash. Christopher Reeves' performance alone is just so, it's so captivating. Can't use my likeness in uh, Superman 2. And gives all his powers. It's so much better in the Daughter Cup. Okay, so you mentioned Richard Donner, so I figured this is the perfect segue to talk about the Donner Cut. So right. again, I, I've been posting this on Facebook saying, hey, I finally watched the Donner Cut, and I've had people I've hit people on both sides message me saying like Oh, wow, I never knew this version existed. Where can I find it? And I also had other people saying, well, what, what took you so long to watch it? Well, here's what happened. So for those who don't know, again, the Donner Cut was released 25 years later, finally. Now, here's the interesting part. The main reason why this the Donner Cut was released in the first place is to coincide with Superman Returns. Because right. Superman Returns ignores Superman 3 and 4, and it's actually canon to the, the, the Donner Cut version. Right. Which is really, really cool. And, of course... Sadly, we all know that Christopher Reeve passed away late 2004, so it was kind of like fresh in people's minds. And um, it, I, I, I don't know, but did, did Christopher Reeves actually see this version before, before it came before he passed away, or did he, he did not get the chance to see it? I, I don't even think that they um, decided to do that while he was alive. I think that they made that decision afterwards. Oh, okay. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say. So yeah. So I had so so the people people don't know. Yes, this is like again. We all talk about the Snyder Cut, which is coming next year. We're really excited. But again, before the Snyder Cut, there was the Donner Cut, and again, it came in 2006, 25 years after the original movie. And again, I I don't know why I I let let it slip by me. I, I don't know why if I, I figured maybe because I like Superman 2 so much like well why did, why do I need to watch this other version well man after rewatch watching both movies back to back two following you know two weekends back to back it's all fresh in my head now I'm just like wow um now when you play the Donner cut it says straight up in the very beginning of the film that some of the scenes were taken from screen tests so you're gonna see some you know you know, odd cuts and differences here and there and blah, blah, blah. But, right. but they also said this is the true version of what Richard Donner wanted. And of course, they said the most, there was a little touching tribute saying, and this is a tribute to Christopher Reeve, you know, who gave us the belief that a man can fly and so on and so forth. Right. Um, and it was right there, right there at the beginning of the movie before the movie even starts. So um, I'm just going to go right in order because, uh, like I said, the movie's fresh in my mind right now. So there are some huge differences and i like i generally like the donner cut version better but like you said there are vert stuff in this lesser vert cut that i like more right. um but it's, it's just the compare and contrast so right off in the beginning the scene where the kryptonians get put in the phantom zone is mm -hmm. way 
different this time and yes. it's longer and it's more in depth and it's much better executed um so th that's how it begins and then now here's a huge difference here the the daughter cut takes away the entire paris bombing scene right completely so the way so in the, in the lesser version the way the Kryptonians escape is because superman takes the bomb from paris into space and this version in the Donner cut, it was from the first movie. It was Lex Luthor's bomb right. that caused the Kryptonians to escape this time. Awesome difference. I like that. I like the idea it was Lex Luthor's fault. I like that yeah. version better. And, and, and it ties closer to the first movie, obviously. And this is where you said, like, like, like this was, now you can see why it was supposed to be a one giant three-hour movie. Right. Superman 1 and 2. Now, the scene on the moon wow yeah so in the lesser version she rips off the badge and then the, he, he, the, the astronaut falls to his death and this version he ex expands and explodes right. you'll see the explosion <laughs> but you see him start to blow up mm -hmm. so it's like oh okay now so right off the hand this version's much more violent so right. the, the scene on the moon is much more violent this time through holy smoke so mark what did you think of that when you saw the moon scene so yeah, I had the same reaction and um, you know, that kind of uh, rings true with what Donner wanted. So Donner was really about the verisimilitude of these types of scenes. He wanted to bring as much realness as possible. You know, what would happen if you, if you ruptured a spacesuit? You know, something like that would happen. You would, you know, you would have a similar thing occur. Um, Richard, um, what was his name, Richard? Uh, Spengler Lester? or Lester I'm sorry I'm, I'm getting his name confused with Pierre Spengler with who was the yeah. producer so Richard's uh Richard Lester uh actually wanted a more comic booky kind of a, a movie so yeah. he undid a lot of those those ideas and he actually threw in more campy stuff like the this, the mission control aspect of that scene where they're you know the in houston you know the guy there's more slapstick stuff that's going on and cliff from cheers is actually in that scene side note um but but uh you don't see as much of that silliness in the donner cut because he wasn't trying to make that kind of a movie you know and i think that through i think that that is the general tone of that of that entire movie like there's certain aspects that i think lester did better that he executed better but specifically that that moon scene and the very beginning uh krypton scene yes um, you know where where the three kryptonians are uh being tried i think the dialogue there is way better it's way yeah. more realistic um you know, it explains who these characters are a yep. little bit, a little bit better in a, in a in a more adult manner, as opposed to like, oh, you're just evil for the sake of evil. And Ursa, you are, do the things you do because you want to be at Zod's side. Like, you know, like, yeah, it was it was a much better explanation and much, you know, much better executed in general. And so there are scenes here and there throughout the Donner cut that I just wish they had actually like film those properly like yeah um, you know like the particularly like the the screen test aspect of it 
I'm going to get to that next. Yeah. And we can talk about that. But yeah, like there are just certain things that I, I'm just like, man, I wish they had just let him do those parts. But, so that brings me to the next point. So another, this is a major, major difference. So this version, the Donner Cut, uh, Lois Lane figures it out right away. Right. Right in the beginning there at, at the Daily Planet. Right. She's, she figures who, you know, who Clark Kent really is. Mm-hmm. And then right off the hand, she just, okay, so in the in the lesser version, you had her jump into the river at Niagara right. Falls, which is great because I only live two hours from Niagara Falls, so it's pretty <laughs> cool. So in this Donner Cut version, she just jumps off the, the top of the Daily Planet, expecting right. to be rescued. And Clark, you know, it was really cool what Clark Kent pulled off. He runs to the bottom, lasers the... Um, the, the what do you call the flap there? The awning, yeah. Yes, and she—it's so pretty brutal to see. She bounces off that and then falls into the. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. That was—I was just like, wow. <laughs> but I like that because here's the thing: it's just the ongoing joke is, you know, hey, I'm uh, Clark Kent. Put the glasses on. You take the glasses off. I'm Superman. Like, it's so blatantly obvious in the movies, but at least in this movie, it addresses it right away. That mm-hmm. hey, she's figured it out instead of like. Oh wait a second! Like in the lesser version, they play, they play it off way too way too long. I say. Right. In this version, they get right to the chase. She figures it out who he is, but but then she jumps off the building, and then of course, then she's like, "Well, okay, well, if he was Superman, he would have rescued me." So then, boom. So then, end of argument. Boom, right there. And then, as you just alert alerted to the 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 obviously it was the screen test, and of course, yes, you can see him wearing two different pairs of glasses. I can, it doesn't bother me because, like I said, they address it right away in the Donner Cuts. They say, hey, there's some screen tests. You're going to see something, this, this, and that. But I like the fact that instead of – in the lesser version, Superman accidentally – they're in the hotel room, and he trips and falls, and his hand goes into the fireplace. And that's a great – yeah, that was a great reveal, I thought. Like, a great way to do it. And I, th- I like the Donner Cut version better where, where um, Lois Lane outsmarts Superman with a gun. With yeah. a gun at him. And says, okay, well, she fires the gun, but then it was a blank, and she outsmarted right. Clark. I loved it. I loved that reveal better. Yeah, I don't know that I like that I loved it better. I, I like I both did. scenes. I think either either way it would have worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I particularly do like that scene though, just like because the dialogue in that is so good. Like where she's yeah. just like, the mistake I made was that I risked my life to prove that you're a Superman when I should have been risking yours. And she pulls the gun out. That's sort of like a callback to like something that actually happened to George Reeves, where he was making an appearance as Superman back in the 50s and a little kid didn't understand that that was a performance, that he yeah. he's not really Superman. So he like got a hold of his father's gun or something like that and oh, wanted no. to see if the bullet would bounce off of him. And George Reeves had to talk the kid out of it and basically say, look, it'll bounce off me, but it's gonna hit somebody else. So we don't want anybody else to get hurt, so give me the gun. Like that happened. And so I thought that that was like really brilliant writing, like to to kind of throw that in as like a callback to that event. Well, also, I just love the line that you said, like, Lois, if if you were wrong, you know, you would have killed Clark Kent. And then she's like, Gotcha. It was a blank. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm was just like, awesome. It was so good. I loved it. I just sorry. I'm sorry. The whole 
Ooh, bumbling Clark Ten, I'm gonna fall into the fireplace. Right. Oh, you did that because your heart wanted to. No, Thundercut wins this round, man. I, I, yeah. I have to. No, I, I, like I that. yeah. Since you explained it that way, and then like thinking back about it and thinking about the performance, there's much, there's a much better, um, much more subtle but effective performance from Christopher Reeve there mm -hmm. because he's like pretending to be Clark, and then when the jig's up, he just immediately like like relaxes and becomes yeah. Superman. And it's like an instant change. It's subtle, but you see it and it's just like, man. And that was a screen test. Like, so yeah. you know that like, that was probably the scene that got him the gig. You know, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like that, like I, I remember watching it a few, like I rewatched it a few days ago and I was thinking about that. Like, that's probably where they were like, okay, this is our guy because he figured out that like, okay, it's not two different characters. It's the same character, but this character is sometimes playing this other character. Yeah. And no one else got that. No, you know what I mean? Like if you look at like George Reeves or Kirk Allen or somebody before him that played Superman, they always played them as two separate people. But he was like, now like this is actually a guy that's trying his best to pretend that he's someone else. Yes. So okay now i'm trying to i'm trying to think of the movie in order like the differences so um trying to think another okay so this is the okay i don't know if i'm if i'm if i'm this if i'm forgetting or if i'm skipping but i'm gonna go right right to this forces of solitude scene right okay this is the reason why you need to watch the donner cut because this is much better executed in the donner cut and here's here's the beauty about the donner cut you get a lot more marlon brando Right, and that's this is the reason why to watch it because there's plenty of Mar Marlon Brando in, in this version here, and the most heart pounding scene because just just watching Christopher Reeve's performance alone is just so it's so captivating. So the scene right before Superman gives up his powers is mm -hmm. so much better in the Donner cut, and this is the reason why to watch the Donner cut. Right, there's a long dialogue between Marlon Brando and Christopher Reeve. And I love how it's done. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, actually I am skipping part. So this part, I think forgive me if I'm if I'm mistaken. So you also get more Marlon Brando with uh, Lex Luthor. When Mar Lex Luthor breaks into the Fortress of Solitude, you get more right. Marlon Brando there too. But right. the other Fortress of Solitude part where he gives up his power, Christopher Reeves starts talking and says like, like, hey, I've done enough for these people. I deserve a chance to live a normal life and this, this, and that. Just seeing the emotion. The emotion coming from Christopher Reeve saying, like, I've, I've had it. I can't do this more. I want to be a normal person. I want to be in love. I love her and this, this, and that. And you see Jor-El just saying, like, like, hey, you do this. This can't be undone. Uh, and he kind of says, you, you shouldn't do this. You can't do it for her. It's not, it's, not, it's not worth it and blah, 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 blah. And it's just the dialogue going between the two of them. It is fascinating. Yeah. I absolutely love it. It was captivating. It was fascinating. It was amazing to watch. I, it, it, my heart sank because, you know, that was really possibly Christopher Reeve's best performance as Superman. That scene alone. Yeah, I it is a powerful it. scene, and it was, it's a shame that they had to do away with it. Do you know yeah. the story behind why they did that? No, l let's hear it. So, all right. So, obviously, Marlon Brando was the biggest star in mm -hmm. that film and um he had quite a few conditions one of which was 
that he gets $3.7 million for two weeks of work. Which um, unheard of at that time. It, absolutely unheard of at that time. And on top of that, he wanted um, he wanted 11.75, so almost 12% of first dollar gross. So before, before anybody else gets paid, almost 12% off the top of of any ticket sales so um they you know the salkines agreed to do that for him and just so that they could get him and when the movie was released they paid they had paid him the 3.75 million but they never paid him any of the the back-end royalties so marlon brando decided to file an injunction and he said you can't use my likeness in uh, Superman 2 at all. And so, and on top of that, I'm gonna sue you for $50 million. And, and so they went to court and they had to halt production for I think five months. They, uh, they went to court and they ultimately, um, they got the cease and desist thrown out, but they still had to pay him, I think like, 13 million or something like that. They had to settle. I thought I want it's either 13 or 15 million, but they had to like pay out a settlement um for not paying out like his his percentage. So, um rather than to try to try to go through the headache of convincing him for the for the rights, you know, to continue with the footage that they had, uh Richard Lester had the idea of like, well, why don't we just use the mother? and and have her um tell clark all of these things and explain all these things and by that time uh richard donner was excised from the project so he wasn't a part of the project he had been fired um a number of other members of the crew had left out of loyalty to donner including the script doctor tom mankiewicz and so they hired uh, two other screenwriters to come in and retool that scene and rewrite it. And that's why the dialogue is different. That's yeah. why the nature of that scene is different. And uh, it's just missing some some key components. So, you know, that, you know, you didn't realize at the time because yeah. you only had the one version. But after seeing the Donner cut, you like, yeah, you don't, and don't worry about the lesser version is still good. The lesser yeah. version is still good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I am not at all bashing the lesser version, but, but as you said, man, it's just now that we got this Donner cut, like, wow, like, it, it, it's. I have to say, I just have to say, it's better for the for the most part. There right. is one thing I'm going to get to. And we're getting we're getting closer, but um, now, the the, the Battle of Metropolis. Right. There is one one big difference I noticed, and, and I absolutely loved it. So you remember in the lesser version where um forgive me who, who who's the big dude the big Kryptonian non non so he's flying at Superman and Superman's flying towards him and then Superman in the lesser version he does this really awkward like spin kick it's right. a very awkward where, like where Superman's body like tilts like like right. one eighty and he does this awkward kick and then he flies and then non flies back, flies back and hits the uh the the Coca Cola sign right but then the daughter cut straight up Mortal Kombat. Superman <laughs> uppercuts him like a bitch. Bam! And Eagles fly, Eagles flying backwards and tilt, tumbling backwards into the t- I'm like, yes! Right. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Straight I agree. Uppercut, man. It was, oh, that was great. 
<laughs> yeah, so much better. I mean, yeah, the the fight scenes are much better in the Donner cut, I think. Yeah. You know, and I think that you could attribute that to budget. So, mm -hmm. you know, you figure if they had um, filmed all of that stuff before yeah. they filmed pretty much anything else, they used a big chunk of the budget on that. So by the time it got into Richard Lester's hands and he had to redo a lot of a lot of that footage, yeah, probably didn't have the same kind of budget to 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 pull off the same thing. So he's like, oh, we'll just kick the guy or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it's just, don't like, wrong. I still like that battle either way. But mm -hmm. in the Donner cut, when you see that uppercut, you feel it. Like, that was brutal. <laughs> it was so yeah. well done. Um, and then finally, um, we're going to get to the one big difference. And this is probably going to be the, the, con the topic of controversy. All right, but before we get to that, okay, actually, this is going to be pretty controversial. So. The one thing I love that the Donner Cut did, and it was the obvious thing, and it was and it was done right. The throwing the S scene was taken out. Thank God. Yes. I hate <laughs> that scene. I hate it as much as I love Superman 2, I hate throwing the S. It's stupid. In this version, they take it completely out. Thank God. Mark, please, please, with your your wealth of Superman knowledge, please give us the history behind that 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 awkward scene, please. So, so yeah, so there's a lot of those kind of scenes that Spengler put in because you have to remember that he had to uh, go behind Donner and like redo certain things that the Salkinds just didn't like, that they were just like, you know, part of the reason why Donner left is because he didn't want to make the movie that they wanted. And so, um, and then also he had a separate vision where he wanted to make it a little more of a kid's movie. Like he wanted to make it a little more comic booky and campy and stuff like that. And so neither one of those, maybe Donner had a history with Superman comics, but, um, but Lester didn't. And so, and I don't think the Salkinds did either. And so they threw in a lot of extra things that really didn't have anything to do with the character. Like when the um, when the Kryptonians point at something and they can have like something oh, like, yeah, yeah, like they have this like telekinesis. That's like not a Kryptonian power, yeah. you know? Um, you know, like things like that or the, the scene where they oh, start teleporting. The Donner cut. They kill the kid in downtown. Where, where, where he's, yeah, he, right. He um he threw like the the the, the siren mm -hmm. and it and then killed the kid, taking off on the horse. That was yeah. another difference too. I forgot. Yeah, and they thought right, and they thought that at the time that that was going to be too much for audiences, especially since you I know, get have it. a lot of little. I kids. can understand. I totally that. get that. I get that. Totally that. I'm not wrong. Even it's, now, it's cool to see now, but yeah, like, like even now, like when I when I you know when I watch it, I'm just like, man, that is like cold-blooded like that is something that a villain would do but she's you know, like, like and yeah now he won't become a man like right damn bitch yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> ruthless just right boy, like yeah for no reason for no reason yeah and so yeah so so yeah so at the at the time that that was filmed they were like no that's definitely gotta go so they i understand that, that. I, I can yeah. understand from like marketing and for at the time mm -hmm. a pg release for a, what you could say it is it is a family movie, you know, right. I, I get it. But right. then you see in this version, like, oh, damn, is that what Donner really wanted? Like, well, then, then I was like, well, yeah, it was also the man that did the omen. So, okay, okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, he was he was making a movie for adults to enjoy. Yeah, and and spe- and I and does that I, sound familiar to anybody right now? Just saying. He's trying to make a movie for adults. Does that sound right. familiar? <coughs> Zack Snyder, Josh Whedon. Mm. Okay, yeah. go ahead. That's yeah, I, I, I guess I guess I can see. Yeah, I can see that. So so yeah so so they were they were uh, making two separate movies. Now it's interesting. Um, what's interesting to me is that Lester was initially brought on as like a second unit director, and his main mm-hmm. job was really just to be a liaison between yeah. Donner and the Salkinds because he like refused. To, there was a point where he just refused to talk to them. He's like I. I can't deal with them. So he was like the go-between for them. And then um, when they had decided that they had had enough of him, he just kind of took over and he just like executed his own vision, you know? And so it it would be like, it would be interesting to see what would have happened if they continued to like work together. Like if Donner had never been fired, but he took some of Spencer's ideas, like would it have been a better film or would it have turned out to be sort of uh, but, but, like but still, but where the hell did the throw in the ass like come from? Like who, 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 whose idea was that? And like what, and explain like, how is that like a power of like, I don't know, I'm just, right. just so many questions, man. <laughs> right, I mean, and, and that's and that's the thing, like, you know, like the, a lot of these powers are not, um, they're not like from the publication history yeah. at all. They, they're just sort of made up for that moment I by. Mean, I can take myself out for a minute. Thing. Like, like I, the whole, the, the controlling telekinetic thing. I can, that doesn't bother me too much. Okay. I can take my, take my, my nerd mm-hmm. picking out for a minute, but mm-hmm. I can't for the life of me throwing the ass. I can't, I can't like, th- that makes no sense to me. Like it just. It's just like it was like an inconvenience. Like all he does is just, just like a saran wrap. Just like let me. Get, uh, how could you do this to Zod? Like, oh come on! Like what? <laughs> it's just so. It's just so off-putting. I'm so glad they took it out. But like, why was it there to begin with? Right. It's like the one, the one biggest flaw of the le- of this. Don't be wrong. Movie's great, but that's this one scene that makes zero sense and just like shouldn't be there. Like, my God, and, like I, I still feel like Superman Two is the perfect sequel, but th- that 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 scene, the, the throwing the S, is just so. Oh my God! Whoa! <laughs> I, uh... I didn't mind it so much as a kid, though. Like I was just like because I didn't know that much about comics. I wasn't reading yeah. comics at that time, so I I really legitimately thought that that was something that he could do. Like, wow, he could take the symbol off his chest and throw it. You know, like, and so <laughs> it worked, you know what I mean? Like it, it, at the time it was just like, you know, I thought it was cool, but now that I'm older and I see it, it's just like, why did they put that in there? You know, and, it, and you can see the memes everywhere. And another funny off topic, uh, I remember uh, before Injustice came out, the game, mm-hmm. like, some of the jokes on the internet before the game came out saying, hey, is Superman going to be able to throw the yes? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they should, like, incorporate some of that stuff because, like, no! one, thing, one thing you no! could say, yeah, like, I'll say this, like, one thing that you can say about at least the first two Superman films yeah. is that they set the tone for Superman for a long time after yeah. that. And uh, even now, like, you get, like, like, um, certain lines and certain scenes that are like throwbacks to those movies yes i'm glad you mentioned that yeah because if you play the first injustice the first Mm -hmm. one 
Uh, General Zod is a, is a playable character in the first Injustice. He's right. a, well, technically he's DLC, but he's still in the first Injustice game. And when you win with uh, General Zod, he says the famous line, "I win, I always win." Yeah. And he's like, and he and you see him like in front of a, of a uh, what I believe is supposed to be a Kryptonian crowd, and he's mm-hmm. like, and he's just like you know celebrating his victory, but he says that line right. that was famously said in Superman two. Right, right. And then another example is in the most recent uh, Death of Superman animated film that came out yep. a couple of years ago. There's a scene where um, Superman has like uh, saved Lois from like a helicopter crash mm-hmm. and he's badly wounded and he's like about to collapse and Lo- Lois rushes over to him and says, I've got you. And then he says, you got me, who's got you? And that is an iconic line from the first movie where Superman saves Lois from falling from a helicopter. It's just like little throwbacks like that, that I think that still occur that are like, that are really cool. Even like- I got two two more for you. Mm -hmm. This one's gonna be blasphemy though. So in Batman and Robin, I know it's a a bad movie, but there's that one scene where where, uh, Dick Grayson uh, says, hey, I got you. And then his, mm-hmm. his grapple hook falls off, and then right. Alicia Silverstone does it, and then she's like, "No, I actually I got you." Right. Mm-hmm. So that was one that you mentioned there. Right. And then another one, um, again, another uh, line that was, oh my gosh, I just I just I just I just forgot. I just had it in my head. And I forgot. Oh my god, please forgive me. So there was Batman and Rob. Oh, so in uh, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. the and Gal Gadot, the the Wonder Woman movie, the um, the scene where uh, she saves Steve Trevor from the bullet. Right. Was an homage to Superman One, where um, where Clark, you know, you know, stops the bullet in, in the alley. Right. So that that's a cool thing that the in in the DCEU that they did a throwback to to you know the, the first Christopher Reeve Superman movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's influenced, you know, not just future Superman movies, but like you said, like other, you know, other comic book films in that way. Even the character. Um, Miss Tessmacher, who's played by Valerie Perrine, who's like the the assistant, the girlfriend of of Gene Hackman, uh, of Lex Luthor. Um, she didn't exist in the comics, but the character became so popular that she actually became a comic book character. And now I think that that character exists on the Supergirl series. Uh, oh, okay. A different iteration of Miss Tessmacher, but. But uh, but yeah, still the same. So we got the homages out of the way, and of course we got throwing the S out of the way. Now we got to talk about the most controversial thing. And, and, and Mark, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, this is what caused the whole production, the 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 the, the, the all the crap that fell out in the in the production of the movie, the endings. Now, this is where I prefer the Lester version. So in the Lester version, Superman kisses Lois and, and wipes out her memory. Right. Um, I really, really love that scene because Margot Kidder's emotional performance and she breaks down in tears saying, I, I know you're Superman. I, I'm never going to stop loving you. Blah, blah, blah. How can I do? How can I go to work with you every day knowing who you really are and blah, blah, blah. And she's crying and this, this and that. And it's so well done, well executed. And then Superman erases her memory and I know it's not the greatest ending, but I figure I like this ending better than the Donner cut. And the Donner cut, okay, I have my problems. <laughs> so in this version, 
basically Superman races around the world and and undoes undoes everything. Right. I got so many problems with that. One, right. how come he didn't do that earlier? He could have undone Zod and everything else much much sooner. Why did he wait till everything was over to undo everything? It makes zero sense to me. Right. I would have liked it better if he just didn't undo the time thing and just flew away. Right. I would have been okay with that. I didn't like the whole uh, running around the world undoing everything that happened. And the other thing that really bothered me, I thought that was poorly executed, why the hell did after the fact that he flew around the world, then you get to the diner scene where he gets revenge on the trucker. That right. made zero sense. I probably wouldn't have hated it as much if they didn't throw the trucker scene after the fact that he undid everything. Right. It made right. zero sense. The lesser version, it made much more sense in the lesser version. I agree. So, Mark, go ahead. What Thoughts? So, yeah. So, I have the same opinion, um, but for a slightly different reason. So, in the, in the original Superman movie, um, he does the same thing to undo Lois's death, yeah. right? And even as a little kid, I thought that was stupid. Like, you can't reverse time by just flying really fast and changing the... The rotation of the earth that would just mm -hmm. cause environmental problems it wouldn't make time go backwards um and to see it done but let's say like let's say that you accepted that right like mm -hmm. let's say you were willing to suspend your disbelief enough to just let that go to see it a second time just makes it beyond ridiculous yeah and so i can i i, I don't know what made Donner think that that would be a good idea unless, you know, unless the, the idea was to just do that once anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. um, you know, originally it was just supposed to be one film anyway. So maybe yeah. that particular scene was only originally supposed to just take place once. And you're right. That would make more sense if it was just yeah. done once. Yeah. I, right. I could be a little bit more accepting to that. Yeah. But my, yeah, but, but my bigger problem is that, but that we, we wind up seeing it twice. We see it in Superman, the movie, and then it's like, oh, okay, this worked this time. So let's just do, do it another time. It just didn't like, it, it, it just came off as cheap. So I do think that Lester had the right idea by doing it the way that he did. And initially I had a problem with the- Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. How, since when could Superman wipe people's memories away? Like... Well, I found out later that that um, there's actually precedent in the comic books of him doing that. Like there, I think it's Action Comics 360 or 350. I can't yeah, remember the exact the Superman number. Superman Encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, he actually, he actually does that to Lois in the comics. And so there was, there was a, a history of that that Lester found out and he was able to use that as a as a means of wiping her memory. And so I do like that version much better. It makes yeah. much more sense. It's much better executed. Um, you know, um, like I said, it's like one of the one of the few things that I think uh, Richard Lester did. Yes, better. agreed. Another agreed. thing that I think he did a lot better was the title sequence. So like, yeah. like, um, you know, Donner's version wasn't bad, but it's just, all it is is just title cards going across the screen in space, um, yeah. where where Lester had like, he was basically giving you a recap of oh, Superman 1, yep. which was brilliant because it was like, for anybody who hasn't seen it, or if you haven't, if you saw it a couple years ago and you don't remember what happened, here's yeah. what happened, here's what yep. led up to this point, right? Yeah. So 
I, what I think is cool about that is that you get like um, sort of a, a reprise of that with Spider-Man 3. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Like the, yeah. the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man or Sam mm -hmm. Raimi Spider-Man. They do the exact same thing in that. And I yeah. and to me that's like a callback to that. And yeah, just, they did in the second in the second one too. But yeah, just but they yeah. it was but it was but they used stills and artwork in the second one. The third one uses footage. Uses footage, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, so so that like those things I think that uh, that Lester did way better than yeah. Don. And so Agreed. you know I got to I got to give him respect for that. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, both endings are a little out there, but Lester's version, I, I, I can live with. The Donner cut, I can't. It, it bothers me. But as, as far as that, but but at the, at the end of the day, it doesn't ruin it for me because I love the rest of the movie so much and I, and more Marlon Brando, more violence, um, better execution, better dialogue. But the ending is, is, is a glaring difference in and is, is that what kind of caused the rift between everybody in the studio and, and Donner and everybody else too, and the writers and everything? I think that was a big part of it. I think that, um, you know, the two things that, that, uh, that really caused the major rift were like creative differences and budget because yeah. Donner wanted these big grand scenes and he was eating up like tremendous amount of the budget so much in fact that the salt kinds had to keep going back to the studio to be like hey we need more money and oh. you know it, it caused a huge problem there was also a third producer there named pierre spengler who had been brought in um that didn't really get along with anybody and uh he and donner had a huge falling out and um, Spengler was talking to somebody from Variety and talked and said that how he was really excited to work with Richard Donner and this and that. And so the um, when Variety approached Donner about it and said, hey, this guy Spengler said all these great things about you. Donner's re reply was, well, if he's part of it, I'm out, I'm, I'm done. And so it became this like, him or me kind of a thing like um you know either he goes or i goes and the salkinds had been like Ilya salkind had been childhood friends with pierre spengler and so he's like yeah. i can't backstab this guy so donner's gotta go okay so in closing thoughts here um comparing the two versions uh what, what do you have to say um overall about both versions of the film and how you feel you know at the end of the day how you feel about both of these both of these versions and superman 2 alone Okay, so the Lester version has a special place in my heart because mm -hmm. that's the version I grew up with. I, yes. I love, you know, I love it for nostalgic reasons. You know, seeing it as an adult, like, you know, it definitely has its has its problems, has its things that I can do without. But it is a complete film and, and, and I enjoy it, you know, for that reason. That said, I think the Donner cut um, showed tremendous pot potential for yeah. what Superman could have been. Um, I I like that color grading uh, more. It's like deeper reds and blues. It's like much more majestic looking. Yeah. So, you know, it, it had some, some of the uh, best performances from Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder and, and, and Marlon Brando. Um, it, I, I just, I think it's a shame that they couldn't find a way to blend the best parts from both directors yeah absolutely i feel exactly there's one thing i agree i feel exactly the same way you do about both versions of this movie i'm just gonna say to everybody right now again superman 2 
quintessential sequel, quintessential, you know, Superman movie, quintessential, like, sequel in general. It's just like, again, we talk Empire Strikes Back, we talk Godfather 2, but man, Superman 2 has got to be in the conversation, all right? It's just, I, I love everything about these these movies, both versions. Again, at the end of the day, I'm going with the Donner cut. With the exception of the ending, I'm going with the Donner cut. So uh, I have to say this right now. I'm uh, I'm ready to throw this card at you, Mark. Um, catching you off guard right here, right now. Rank, including both versions of the Donner cut, rank all five Superman movies from Superman 1 to Superman Returns. Rank them. Ooh, okay. It's, that's not difficult. So I okay. think... I think I'm, I'm going to go with Superman 2, the Lester version, Superman okay. 2, the Donner cut, Superman the movie, um, Superman Returns, and then uh, Superman 3, and then Superman 4. All Superman right. 4 has got to be dead last. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I got to switch. Okay. So my lineup a little different. Okay. So here we go. The way I rank the all five movies, including uh, both versions. So at the end of the day, um, again, I'm still processing the Donner cut. Um, I'm still processing it, but for right now, because both movies are fresh in my mind, I'm going Donner cut number one, Lester cut number two. Again, doesn't matter which version, Superman two is still the best one, doesn't matter which version. Right. So that being said, after that, I'm going Superman the movie. And by default, and I'm not a fan of anything really after this one, by default, I'm going Superman Returns. Then, I'm going Superman 4. I can get some enjoyment out of Superman 4 and laugh. And I think Superman 3 is dead last the worst one. Um, And you can laugh at me. I'm just going to throw this out there. (laughs) You can laugh at me. But... When I first saw Superman 3 on TV, I can remember Mm -hmm. like it was yesterday. I was five years old. I was still living in Syracuse. Well, Liverpool, New York, which is right near Syracuse. I was living there growing up. And I remember on WPIX, the the New York um, station, the uh, Superman 3 was on TV. And I happened to catch like the second half. Right. Keep in mind, I'm five years old. (laughs) The scene where the woman gets sucked by the computer right terrified me and when i was five years it straight up terrified me she right. creeped me out like nothing i couldn't believe i ever seen i was creeped out by it looking back i can laugh anywho that being said reason why i'm picking superman 4 over superman 3 superman 4 i can is, is one of those movies that you can enjoy you can laugh at and just you know nuclear land something it, it's it's like it's, it's so bad it's good right and and of course we still have gene hackman in there it's like I, I, I for, for that reason, between Gene Hackman and the and laughing at Nuclear Man, I gotta put Superman four above Superman three. Oh man, that's that's uh, it's a it's a hard pill for me to swallow. I just I we just can really, listen, we can have a rage in the cage between Superman three and Superman four. I'm we more we might have we cage. might have to do that. It's just I just feel and like Dion Superman McGill, four if you're listening, is you need such to, you a... need to be the tiebreaker. Dean McGill is our tiebreaker for Rage in the Cage worst Superman movie. <laughs> That's all how right. we gotta do. It. All right, all right, we'll do that. <laughs> I knew I was waiting. I had a feeling. I just had a feeling that our, we we're gonna rank them different. So I couldn't wait to do that. Yeah. So listen, I everybody. It. I really, really hope you enjoyed this two-parter look back of Superman two. It was an absolute joy looking back at these movies. And Mark, it was an absolute joy talking about this movie with you. And so much I learned from you. So 
thanks so much for taking the time to like discussing all this stuff with me it was an absolute blast it really was dude well i mean i you know i love everything about you know superman and and uh these were some of my favorite movies growing up um you know it was fun researching you know and finding out all of these sort of behind the scenes things that happened and so you know this is this is a movie that that uh you could talk about for several hours i mean there's a lot yeah. of stuff that we did we didn't even scratch the surface on and so i you know i had an absolute blast like i said at the beginning of the show i've been waiting a very long time to do this as one of our lookbacks and so i'm just i'm really glad that we got a chance to finally get there yes so again high recommendation if you guys haven't seen these movies shame on you uh, they've. I feel like they've aged pretty well. I know the, the special effects are not on par with today's standards, but I still feel like they hold up pretty good. Um, you can find Superman 2 on HBO Max. It's readily available. Uh, obviously, you can buy it on uh, Blu-ray and 4K. Now, the Donner Cut, uh, it's a damn shame HBO Max hasn't put the Donner Cut on HBO Max. They should. But you can get the Donner Cut, the 4K version, or the Blu-ray. It's readily available on Amazon. But you can rent it. If you're just curious and just want to rent it, it's only 4 bucks on Amazon Prime to rent. So uh, highly recommend highly, rec highly recommend it from your boy, Jay. Superman 2 still holds up very very well. The best Superman movie. Possibly the best Superman movie ever to this day. I agree. I agree. Either version, you know, I mean, whichever one floats your boat. I mean, if I, if you were, you know, if I were you, I would watch them both. It's fun yes. to compare them, you know, compare what scenes work better and, and, you know, what, what color palette works better and all of that. But if you only have time for one, I mean, I, you know, I would probably go with the theatrical, but the Donner cut is, is, uh, you know, all things considered, it's a fantastic movie and, and, you know, I love the dialogue. I love some of the scenes in it. It's definitely worth a watch if you have the time. And of course, uh, we just want to say right now before we close this out, uh, Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, you know, rest in peace. Uh, you guys will always be, you know, the quintessential uh, Clark and Lois. Um, you know, me, I mean, uh, the Superman movies came out before I was born, but I was, when I was born, I was born into an era where Christopher Reeve was Superman. Nobody right. else was. That right. was the era I was born in, and it took a really, really long. There were no, there is no replacing Christopher Reeve, but it took a really, really long time for us to get another great Superman. It really did. It took. It, it was basically my whole adulthood. We didn't get a, another great Superman until you know about you know you know seven, eight years ago. So, right, right. I agree with that. I agree with everything you just said. I mean, Christopher Reeve to me will always be Superman. You know, no shade on Henry Cavill because he's fantastic. He is. But but to me. Uh, Reeve was the one that made the character come to life. And I can't imagine anybody else from that time doing a, as great a job as he did. And so, you know, definitely uh, he's missed by me and probably by a lot of Superman fans. Yes. And, you know, like I said, it's definitely a, a, look, a look back you know like i said watch both of these versions because there's so much history and so much there's so much rich goodness with these two movies alone and i'm sure when we eventually get that snyder cut next year we're going to be comparing you know both versions just like we're comparing these two right now yeah i can't wait for that, that. that's actually going to be a lot of fun too <laughs> absolutely so again thank you to everybody who spent the time listening to us uh this look back here we have plenty more to come 
Uh, we got Psycho 60th, 60th anniversary we want to do for Halloween. And of course, the mighty Zach Householder is going to be coming on Nerd Cage Live Thursday the 29th. Uh, if, you, if you're listening to this before the 29th, please be at that stream. We're going to have a, we're going to have a field day doing that too. Yeah, yeah. That, that's going to be one for the ages. You know, um, Zach's a good friend of mine. I haven't uh, spoken with him in a while. I'm really, really excited to have him on the show. He's really into nerd culture like a lot of us. He's into films and cartoons and, and comics and all that good stuff. So we're going to have a really good discussion with him. So, And we're also going to ask him about the new album and about Titan Audio Project and all the new things that he's doing. So look out Excellent. for that. Awesome. So before we go, we ask you to pretty please like, comment, subscribe, and ring that bell and spread this shit like sofa. So to you, I say from Louisville to Syracuse to Metropolis and to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live, enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the Nerd Cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! <laughs>